1: Foundations. So you imagine a crown of thorns that's been put on his head and then they've got rods. We're talking about a company of soldiers here. Yeah. They've got rods, all of them, and they're bashing these rods across his head. Mm. Can you imagine the swelling yeah. and the disfigurement?
0: Foundations, understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We're investigating the details of the Mashiach, the Messiah that the Bible has provided so many details about. And when you consider all that was written about this individual, it makes your mind spin, trying to consider that one individual would actually be able to meet all the criteria. We learned last time that the specific chapter 53 in the book of Isaiah has been a point of contention for rabbis over the past two millennia. Because when you examine the historical account of Jesus' life, and in particular everything that led to his death and subsequent resurrection, Isaiah 53 appears to describe him in graphic detail.
1: And it's really graphic detail. Mm. So you can kind of understand where the the rabbis, who were so desperate for that passage not to be fulfilled in Jesus, Mm. why they just thought, well, we can't tear it up and throw it away, so we'll just remove it from the teaching Mm. log, and then all of our problems will go away. (laughs) No, they didn't. They absolutely didn't. Okay, so the real description of the servant that is in Isaiah 53, starts in the last three verses of Isaiah 52. So I want to have a look at those verses, just because it provides a little wider context.
0: Okay, well, let's read that. It's uh, Isaiah 52, verses 13 to 15. Behold, my servant will prosper. He'll be high and lifted up and greatly exalted, just as many were astonished at you, my people. So his appearance was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Thus he'll sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told them, they will see. And what they hadn't heard, they'll understand.
1: Okay, so the the very first thing that jumps out at me there is that God is talking about his servant and he makes a distinction between the servant and his people. Mm. Yeah, so that's right. they can't possibly be yeah. the servant being represented by the people. Yeah, because that's been di-
0: argued by some, hasn't it?
1: Exactly, I? yeah. There is a Rabbi Rashi, and ever since then, they're saying that the servant... Israel? Well, this just says, no, they're two different entities. So that's number one. The the other thing, it actually describes the servant here as high and lifted up.
0: And greatly exalted. And
1: greatly exalted. That is a description of divinity. Mm. And God is never going to ascribe his people with being divine. Mm. That's not possible. Okay, so again, Israel was chosen, yes, from among the people of the world. Um, And yes, through them, we are greatly blessed. We have much to be grateful to them for. Yeah, for sure. And we need to be standing with them in solidarity. But make no mistakes. They're not divine and they're not perfect. Not at all. And the passage actually then switches and it describes the servant's appearance. And this is what most people are not really familiar with. And the description of this specific individual man. So then, again, it can't be a national people. And it says that his appearance was marred more than any man, and his form than the sons of men. And the word in the Hebrew for marred is mishkat, and it means a disfigurement of the face or a corruption of the face. Mm. I want to read to you from Matthew 27 verses 28 and 29 because it says what happened to Jesus at his crucifixion. It says they stripped him, they put a scarlet robe on him and after twisting the crown together with thorns they put it on his head and a reed in his hand and they knelt before him, they mocked him saying Hail King of the Jews! They spat on him, they took the reed and they began to beat him on the head. Now we Mm. think of a reed, you think of a little fluffy piece of grass or something. No, not at all. In the Greek, the word for uh, reed is kalamos, and it means a measuring reed or a rod. It's a rod. Now, they'd already put thorns on Jesus' head. Can I just tell you, have you ever bumped your head and you you get an instant lump or a bump on there? Have you ever had like you've scratched it and it comes up in a... Mm -hmm. So you imagine a crown of thorns that's been put on his head and then they've got rods. We're talking about a company of soldiers here. They've got rods, all of them, and they're bashing these rods across his head. Can you imagine the swelling? Yeah, and the disfigurement of his of his head. Yeah.
0: and also the keep in mind that these thorns weren't just little rose thorns either; they were you know ginormous.
1: Listen, I've had little pricks on yeah, my head right. that yeah. have left me with a big lump. Yeah, so I can't imagine if they were a, you know a centimetre or an inch long.
0: Yeah,
1: we're talking about severe damage to his yeah. head
0: and being beaten anyway. I mean, and being, we, even without the thorns, the beating would but, have been bad enough. Oh my
1: goodness, just just can't imagine it, mm. can you? Then um, there's another verse that often people are not aware of that describe what happened to Jesus' face, and it's it's also in Isaiah 50. Yeah,
0: well, this is uh, verses 6 and 7 of Isaiah 50. It says, I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting, for the Lord God helps me, therefore I'm not disgraced. Therefore I've set my face like flint, and I know that I won't be ashamed.
1: Okay, so we've... (sighs) We've covered the top of his head being covered with thorns and beaten. And I can, I just, it is beyond my imagination to just mm. think of how badly he would have looked. But then we get to the bottom half of his face where they literally ripped the beard from mm. his face. Yeah. I mean, I don't like waxing, can I just say? It's not very pleasant. But for a man to have his entire beard ripped out of his face, mm. the pain, the distortion, the scarring, Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah, it's, it's unthinkable.
1: But what's really unique about this is n- not just the humiliation, but it also describes what happened to his back, mm. which we'll get to later, but the humiliation being spat upon. Yeah. And all at the same time, knowing what he was going to be going through, experiencing all of that pain, the torture, the humiliation, he set his face like flint, like he was so determined. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was so determined.
0: And you see that in Luke 9 actually like there's a obviously the week leading up to his crucifixion he went into Jerusalem and they were wanting to kill him so he knew he was going yes. into trouble but there's a reference in Luke nine fifty one that actually talks about him setting his face like Flynn, actually having that determination about his decision to go, despite what he knew was before him.
1: Yeah, and even all of his disciples were saying, don't, don't, what are (laughs) you thinking? They want to kill you. And he says, no, I'm going. It was like he was so set. Mm. And and, and poor old Thomas says, come on, we'll all go die together. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) They knew what was coming. Wow. You read these verses, then you look at what happened to Jesus and you kind of scratch your head and go, how can there be a question here? These words in Isaiah 52 again, about the servants sprinkling many nations and that kings would shut their mouths about him and he would reveal to them things they hadn't seen or heard or knew before. This is pointing to a time when Mashiach's sacrifice had been completed and then the nations and the rulers would hear the gospel, something they hadn't heard or seen before, and then they would come to know and understand salvation as a result. Now, since Jesus' death and resurrection, what's happened, Robbo? Mm. The gospel's gone around the world. Yeah, that's right. And we have many kings and queens and nations and rulers who've bowed the knee to the gospel. The gospel has almost, almost gone to the four corners of the globe, reaching nearly all peoples, which is phenomenal in and of itself. And the reference to the servant sprinkling many nations is a reference to the sprinkling of the blood of animal sacrifices. When the priest would make an animal sacrifice, he'd take the blood and he'd sprinkle it on the altar. Yeah, that's right. This is a sacrificial term. The very thing that Jesus did, the servant did. Yes. Oh, are we talking about the servant? Are we talking Mm, about Jesus here? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, fascinating.
0: Well, that's just a couple of verses from Isaiah 52, but we're going to continue in this series in the next program and in future programs as well, looking at the forbidden chapter, Isaiah 53, and seeing the Mashiach in those verses. And we'll begin that next time on Foundations.